This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Welcome to LinkedIn Live with me. I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you so much for having me today. I know we're under special uh, circumstances <laughs> as I'm in the car instead of where I normally plan to be, but we'll talk about that a little yes. bit more. So we're talking the gen. We're going to talk about coronavirus and the new normal. And as you come in to watch this live, please drop a uh, comment and let us know where you're watching from. My my wife is always first. She's in the kitchen, so she kind of cheats on everybody else. And uh, and let us know if you have any questions about anything we talk about. And so Jen was originally supposed to be doing this from the comfort of her home. Now she's in a car. She hasn't been like evicted from her home or anything like that. She's not like homeless living out of her car. Uh, a very interesting situation, but I, I want to give you kudos because you could have very easily said, you know what? I'm just going to reschedule this, but you didn't. So talk about why you talking to me in your car. Yeah. And I'm not in my finest hour and that's okay. <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that because I think it's important, especially in this new age where we're having to adapt, everything isn't fine. We're shuffling, we're trying to figure things mm -hmm. out. And so here I am in a car instead of my home. I had to uh, hop on a flight last night to California. I live in Chicago. Uh, my mom had fallen last week and her recovery has not been very smooth. And so my son called me and told me that I needed to come out. And so here I am. And so it, it's easier for me to be in the car than be in the chaos of the house with my kids running around. And, you know, that's just life. We have to go with the flow. And, and Mark, you did ask me this morning, you're like, should we, you know, can we still do it? And I said, absolutely, let's go. And <laughs> I, I think the show must go on, right? I mean, we adapt, yes. but we have to keep moving forward. And you have five kids. Your youngest is how old? Three. Oh my goodness. My girls are 27 to 22. So they're out on their own now, but I remember those days and, and they would leave you alone until you get on a call or you're exactly. doing something. Mom, dad's like, why now? Why yes, now? <laughs> exactly. And I knew that was going to happen. I was in my mom's house trying to look like, where can I camp out to do this? And I'm like, no matter where I go, my three-year-old will find me as soon as we're on this. And, uh, She's a handful. So I figured that I could be in the car and that would be a safe zone where she won't find me. And what's interesting is when you first got, when we first connected before we went live, uh, I said, Hey, can you go get your headphones? And you went to the front door and you were locked out of the house. Yes. My, so I have my 11 year old watching uh, my three, my mom is there, but she's got limited mobility. So uh -huh. my, my 11 year old locked me out. <laughs> was like, you got to love it. And I, I'm sure to some of those listening, you can relate to yep. most like this it, it, it is what it is and we just have to keep you know it's frustrating it's stressful but you can't let that stuff get to you, you just gotta keep moving just let go of those emotions and, and focus on what you have to do for the day yeah my uh, i have an 83 year old aunt whom i love and adore she served this country in the army by the way thank you for your service and thank she's you. got the saying you know we have to improvise adapt and overcome she goes her marine buddies her army buddies always used to say that mm -hmm. and you have truly improvised adapt and overcome to be on this link live today <laughs> Yeah. So again, I appreciate everyone bearing with me in the car in a disheveled looking state, but I am here and I'm ready to chat. And hopefully, hopefully my chaos of the morning gives someone else out there a little bit of hope that it's okay today. You'll get through whatever you're going through today. You can do it. 100%. So let's talk about this new normal. I mean, we have the thing called the coronavirus. Hopefully everyone knows about it now, but I, I see a couple things happening because of coronavirus. There are people who think this is the end of the world. All 8 billion people are going to die. That ain't going to happen. The civilization is not going to go away. And I really believe, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, Jen. 
Um, I think we will return to the old normal. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because back in the Spanish flu of 1918, we thought it was the end of the world. And all of a sudden, we stopped wearing masks. Our social distancing went back to life. And I think this is the ebb and the flow. Now, I'm not saying we're going to go back to the new normal in a week or a month or a year. I'm saying eventually, we'll get far enough past the end of coronavirus and we will get back to some sort of normal. Do you agree with me or do you think I'm off base on that? No, I agree with you. It's a matter of when that happens. I don't think it's going to be in the next three months or six months. Maybe we'll start six months from now. We'll just have to see you know, how things are coming with a vaccine. But I do think we'll come back to our regular normal at some point. But I also think that this is an opportunity for us to learn and, and do things differently and adapt. And so some of the things that we've had to adapt to are going to stay because it's a better way of doing business. It's a better way of handling operations. So there will be some goodness that stays out of this. And then a lot of other stuff will return back to normal. That's my view. I, I, I really cringe when people say, you know what? We should wear masks the rest of our lives. And I'm like, I'm 55. I'm, I'm aiming for triple digits. I can't imagine wearing a mask for 45 years. And, and now they're saying some of the research I've seen saying if you wear a mask all the time and you use hand sanitizer all the time, it's actually compromising your immune system. So now they're saying, well, maybe you should only wear a mask when you're around crowds. And if you're like, when I run every day with my wife, you know, we don't wear masks because we're out in the, out in the public. I, I just think that we're not public out in the park. I think you should be really careful because I think if you are compromising your immune system, I can't imagine that's a good idea. Right. No, I hadn't heard that uh, people have been saying that I've been kind of staying off the news and you get kind of tired of hearing all the numbers. And and so I have not been paying attention too much, but that's interesting. But I can see how that uh, that could play a factor if you're overly, you know, using sanitizer or wearing a mask. Um, I I wear a mask when I go out, but I, Mm -hmm. I wear it. When I'm going into the store, I don't wear it. I'm just walking outside and there's no one around. Um, Funny story for you. Just uh, as I was flying yesterday, I flew through Salt Lake City and uh, we got in a few minutes early. I already had a 31 minute connection time. So why I booked that short of a connection, I don't know, but I did. (laughs) And I wasn't thinking. And so we're on the tarmac and there's a plane at our gate and it's broken. And And there's no other gate. And so we have to wait for them to tow that plane out. And then we get to the gate and every minute matters in this moment because I'm waiting for this connection and there's no other connection. That's the last flight of the night. So anyway, I, um, so we get to the gate, then there's no gate agent to do the jet bridge. So minutes are ticking away and I have to go to a different concourse and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, am I going to miss our flight? And if I miss the flight, then I may not be here for this live right now. (laughs) So I was stressing about that too. Anyway, I get off the plane. I'm having to run through people to the other gate with a big, heavy backpack. I do carry a big, heavy purse too. And I'm running with a mask on and I've never ran with a mask on before. And it, it's not a fun experience because you can't get, you you can't get the oxygen yes. in. And so I was like, wow, that's that's really tough. So I did not like that part. But I made my <laughs> flight and I'm here. <laughs> Excellent. You know, I remember when Corona first came out, um, people were saying, okay, you need to start washing your hands. And people go, oh, that's genius. And I remember thinking to myself, my wife and I had this conversation like, wait, you haven't been washing your hands all these years? Are you kidding me right now? That's right. nothing new. Are you yes. kidding me right now? But people have not been washing their hands. And, and I, I've heard the saying by a number of people, common sense isn't always common practice. We yep. should be washing our hands. We shouldn't be going out when we're sick. I mean, this has been since the beginning of time. And yet people are like, oh, that's great information, CDC. I'm like, no, you should have been doing that all along. So I don't think that that should not be part of our new normal. We're supposed to be, a, be doing that all along. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's interesting how many people, they, they don't think about it until we have a situation like this and it's like, oh, Yes, germs do matter, right? Yeah. Cleanliness matters. We need to take care of, uh, of washing our hands and practicing good, uh, good hygiene, not only for ourselves, but also for society as a population. So as a mom of five and you have your business and brand, how are you dealing with this coronavirus and this new, hopefully temporary normal? Yeah, I've had to pivot and adapt just like everybody else with my business, with my kids. We're doing e-learning just like a lot of schools, right? So you're having your kids home all the time, which uh, can can be a little bit uh, hard to be productive at times. Um, mm-hmm. But again, you just have to figure out how do you make things work and we do what we can. And I think because everyone is going through this a lot of people are more accepting, right? For maybe something doesn't get done as quick as it could have when you didn't have your kids at home or you can't be on a call or there's some, you know, something that happens, but people understand and they're more flexible, which I think is great uh, for one. But as far as me and my business, I mean, when I, so I left, I was on your show, your podcast last year. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was still working in the corporate world. I was about to make my exit to be an entrepreneur. So I left on November 5th. To start this journey, coronavirus hit, you know, four months mm-hmm. into this, five months into it. And so everything that I had planned kind of went out the window and I had to pivot. And, and the reason for that was my primary business was focused in the corporate space, doing corporate workshops, speaking events, trainings, and corporations weren't spending money on that. They were just trying to survive at yes. that point. And so I had to really think about, okay, this isn't going to work at this point in time. So what am I going to do in my business to shift based upon the new environment? And that's true no matter what business you're in. Things happen that are outside of your control, coronavirus or other things, and you have to adapt. And so this was no different. So I started focusing more on doing individual coaching and training programs instead. And so that's kind of what I've been focused on now. But it's that I think what's important is you just have that open-mindedness to embrace whatever happens and figure out, okay, this might not be going the way I want, but let's figure it out, right? we got to move the ball forward. And so we have to make adjustments. Football is back. So I'm going to probably throw some football phrases in into our conversation as well. But you've got to make adjustments so that you can continue to get you know more yards and get across the goal line. Oh, there you go. There's two of them. Yep. And it's funny how you met. I'm glad you brought up football because I did write down move the ball because I want to talk to you about football. I know you're a big football girl. Um, I was really apprehensive of watching the game last night. Now, don't tell me who won. I've only watched the first half because I get up at 5 a.m. I went to bed at 830. So I saw the first half. Um, but I was I was I'm like, OK, you know, I, I get this whole protest thing. And I know the NBA's numbers have tanked because they've, they've blown this whole protest thing up. And I'm like, okay, what's the NFL going to do? Are they going to look at the MLB and Major League Soccer and the NHL and see what they did? And I was really pleasantly surprised. The They didn't have like Black Lives Matters on the helmet. They had like the little white strip in the back. Most of the Texans had Texans on the back. They didn't have Black Lives Matter on the field. One end zone had end racism. The other end zone said... um uh, it, we can get through this together or something like that. I, uh, and during the national anthem, the, the Kansas city chiefs, they came out in the field. Only one player knelt. The Texans decided because they did the black national anthem and the American national anthem, they decided to stay in the locker room. And I was really surprised because I didn't know what to expect. And I think what the NFL is going to do, they gave the team's guidelines and they said, okay, you guys determine on your own, what you're going to do. And I think it was really, I think what the NBA did in my personal opinion was wrong. They made it too political. I think the NFL did it right. And I'd like to know if, if you saw the game last night, again, don't tell me who won because uh, I'm a Texans fan. Um, but I, do you think the NFL did it? You think last night was well done? 
Yeah, so I saw part of the anthem. I was in the air, so I was watching it. Thank goodness for technology so I could live stream through Dish. So thank you, uh, Delta, for having that on the flights. Um, You know, I think it was well done. I think that it's good that the NFL is giving guidance but allowing the teams to kind of handle it how they want. And, And so I thought it was done well last night. And I, I'm glad that football's back. Uh, college, yes. college is sort of back. Uh, my Notre Dame plays Duke on, on tomorrow, and uh, I like Notre Dame. And I guess they said last night only Kansas City and Jacksonville at this point can have fans. It was really weird because Kansas City Arrowhead Stadium normally is like the loudest place in the arena. They only had like 17,000 people there last night, and they're all scattered. Uh, they were all supposed to be wearing the mask, but obviously if you saw the crowd, they <laughs> a lot of them were wearing masks. Um, but that's okay. It's I think that's part of normalcy. I mean, the NHL is playing uh, their their games all over Canada in two arenas. Uh, basketball is all in Disney World. Uh, the Major League Baseball is playing, but there's no fans. And I think because we've had no sports since March, people are even if you're not a sports fan, you're like it, it, that's we associate that with normal. And yes. I'm so glad the NHL, the NFL started on September 10th, like they're supposed to start. And I, I was really excited that it was back and my team was on last night i hope i watched the second half i hope they win um but i it, this gives us because we're talking about the new normal and people associate sports with normal and i felt really good sitting down and watching the game last night yes yeah it was good i was really excited for football to be back college football obviously some conferences are playing some yeah. are still postponed some haven't started yet i'm an sec um fan since I went to the University of Alabama. So they oh. haven't started they haven't started their season yet, but I was really glad to see NFL football being back. And you're right. I mean sports is such a huge part of society. And so it's nice to have I mean football is a big part of American society yes. as well. So it's good to have football back. But even just having all the sports or many sports coming back over the summer in this modified state, you know, in a bubble or with yep. you know, no fans. I mean, it's good to see some sports. Uh, I think people need that too, especially as we're going through this uncertainty and, you know, no one knows you know, when this is going to be over. I think sports give people a little bit more hope too. Now you are an Alabama fan. I am. I went there for two, not just one degree too. So yes, I am a diehard Alabama fan. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day, get my top five productivity tips, and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. The problem I have with college football, let's let's just pivot here for a second, is it there's always like three teams always in the final four. Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma, and some and the fourth team is always like changing up. And I just wish that they would like I would like nothing better. You know, this is gonna sound really horrible to you. I would like nothing better than unranked, like really bad team in Alabama. Uh, division coming in and punk them in Alabama. Because sure. I, I think I think my here's my theory. And I'd like to know what you thought about this. I think if you finish in the top 25 college, uh, top 25, I think that you should only play other top 25 teams next year. You shouldn't get any given games. You should have to play all quality teams. What do you, oh, John says roll tide. Oh, here we go. Two against one. (laughs) Um, Roll tide, John. So, so what do you, what do you think about that? Um, do you, do you agree that, um, that maybe that people should, um, the league, I know they're never, never going to do this, but your personal opinion, do you think it would really show a litmus test if like Alabama had to play Clemson every year, had to play Oklahoma every year, had to play Notre Dame every year? Um, any of the other big teams, I can't think of them right now, Michigan. Do you think if they had to play those 12 games against top quality teams, you think that it would 
make them better or do you think it would level the playing field a little bit? Well, it's an interesting question because obviously we know that's not going to happen because you have conference yeah. games and, yes. and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're all if you're playing all top teams, you're going to see who is really the stronger teams amongst the top twenty five, right? In terms of do I think it's going to make them better? That's a good question. I don't necessarily know if it would make you better because you're already used to training so hard as yeah. it is to play. So I think it. It could actually lead to more injuries because you're playing such tougher competition where the guys are faster, hitting harder every week. Yeah. Well, when I you look at the in, yeah, yeah when you look at the schedule, Alabama or Clemson, something like that, you're like, oh, there's five wins, six wins, seven wins right off the bat because they're playing teams in their division who don't have a prayer of beating a big team like that. And it's like, oh, now I, the reason why I have a soft, I, my team is Notre Dame, but I have a soft spot for Clemson. And I think you know why. I'm yes. a Texan fan. Yes, so, I know why. Yes, uh, uh, I can draw the linkage. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, I I really like Deshaun Watson. I mean, number one, he's a Christian. Number two, when he got his first paycheck in the NFL uh, after Hurricane Harvey, he gave his full check to all the people in the, all the ladies in the lunchroom, and I thought that was a really class act. He got yes. his first check, and he just gave it all. Then he bought his mom a car, and I think mm-hmm. the guys. Are, now, I'm not saying he's the best guy in the NFL. I'm just saying him and JJY. I think their hearts are so big. I, I, they're just, they just, what JJ Watt did for Houston after Hurricane yes. Harvey immensely. And, and I, I, I just want to give them a shout out. I mean, they're never going to watch this live, but I'm just saying, I just think that when players do that, and every team has them, it just, it just, it just makes my heart sing because that's what humanity is all about. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those, both of those guys are fantastic guys. It's not just about what you can do on the football field. It's really about, I mean, that's fun to watch, but in the grand scheme of thing, that's not really what makes a difference in this world, right? Yes, it's entertainment, but it's really about taking care of your communities, making a difference for other people. And those two have just done fantastic things to really, you know, be selfless and help other people. So you have a saying called move the ball. Other people call it work on needle moving activities. The same thing. So Mm -hmm. tell me, I mean, obviously you came up with moving the ball because you love football. So when you say ball, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So move the ball to me means making forward progress. And that doesn't matter if it's one inch, one foot, one yard, it's moving forward. And it's not even about the ball is not a physical you know, it's not about a football. Everyone can can envision in their mind what moving the ball means, right? You don't have to know a thing about mm-hmm. football or any other sport, but you can understand that. And so for me, it's about continuing to move forward no matter what circumstances that you have in your life and figuring out how do you do that. Okay. Now you had mentioned that you have this Facebook community, I guess it's for women. Um, yes. tell, us, tell us about that. What is, what is the group about? What's the group called and uh, what's the purpose of it? Yeah. So the, the Facebook group is called She's Got Game. So if you haven't figured out so far that I'm a big sports fan. So there's all <laughs> kinds of sports metaphors and things that I do. And so my book was called Move the Ball. I've got She's Got Game, the Facebook community. I've got Move the Ball podcast. So lots of sports themes. Anyway, the reason I created this uh, this Facebook group was I just figured that especially in today's times and everything that we're going through, there are a lot of people that are struggling, maybe not financially, I mean, there are some that too, but definitely emotionally and mentally, right? And so I wanted to put together a community where we could bring women together to to support each other, to champion each other, to empower, to learn, to connect and to grow. And so I started this Facebook group back in July 
And uh, we had about 150 members when we first started and basically just invited my Facebook friends, right? And uh, and I wanted to grow it into a community where there's people that are, are connecting with other women. And especially today, we're not going out to in-person events or most people are not. So the networking in person is few and far between. And so this was a great way to pull people together virtually to connect with other women in their area, in their fields of expertise, and to really teach it and, and uh, support one another. And so we've got now 1150 members. So wow. we, yeah, so we've got, you know, about, we've in, been into it for about two months and we do virtual networking sessions every first Wednesday of the month. So that's a way for people to, you know, to connect and get to know each other. We do free webinars twice a month and the webinars are on different topics that people would find of interest. So really, I just want this to be a forum where people can connect with other women and feel like that they're, they're getting support that they may not be having otherwise. And there's always positive uh, posts and inspirational <laughs> things in there as well to keep people uplifted. So we have moved the ball. Um, what, what the, uh, see full court press, I guess that would be basketball. Um, <laughs> power play for hockey. I'm trying. Uh, what's that? Oh, I didn't say anything. Up with. Oh, okay. Um, because your your audio is breaking up a little bit. So, okay. So I said so. Full court press is basketball. Did mm-hmm. I say it was another sport? Um, <laughs> hockey. You've got power play. Yes. Um, baseball. Baseball is easy. Hit it out of the park. I mean, yes. that's that's pretty easy. Uh, how about cricket? You got anything for cricket? <laughs> no, I've never played cricket. <laughs> well, see, I lo- I I found cricket one time uh, a couple of years ago, and I I said, what is this cricket? I said, cricket's like those things that make the noise at night. And then apparently, it's like baseball on steroids, and it's really cool because you can hit the ball anywhere, and you get all these points. And apparently, it's big everywhere but America. It's really big in Australia and Pakistan and India and South America or South Africa. And uh, if you ever get a chance, have you ever seen a video of cricket? I've not, no. Oh, go to YouTube at some point, look up a, a game of cricket and watch it. It's fascinating. It is so fast. But, like, if you hit a ball, like, out of the park at six points, I mean, the points are, like, crazy. But it is always fast moving. I really like it. Um, I wish it would come here, but I, apparently America, you know, we're not going to adopt the metric system. We're not going to adopt the cricket. It just looks really interesting. And soccer is finally starting to take off in America after the rest of the world started you getting real popular. Uh, What's your what's your soccer metaphor, by the way? Do you have one for soccer? I don't have one for soccer. Oh, Jen. You're still, you're still moving the ball. You're getting closer to the goal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe a header or yeah. a penalty kick or something like yeah. that. <laughs> I played soccer when I was a young guy, and uh, I hated head balls. Oh, my gosh. It's like you think they make it look so easy on, on you know, you're locking Premier League or something like that. But when you head the ball. Man, that hurts. That ball is not light. It hurts. I'm like, I didn't want to head the ball. And one time I was playing goalie, I got hit right in the face. That's a that's a real that's a really unique experience. Let me tell you. Bam! It's like what just happened. <laughs> so, um, anything else you want to share with us that's on your heart today? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would just say, you know, if you are struggling today, um, you know, just know that you can get through anything and make sure that you're reaching out to people in your network mm-hmm. and you, you don't have to go through anything alone. And, and in my Move the Ball book and on the podcast, we talk a lot about the importance of having a team with you and, and to help you move forward. And I think that's just so critical now, especially to lean on the people in your in your network to get you through whatever it is you may be going through. And then Also, I would say, you know, be that person for somebody else too. while we're social distancing. It's easy for us to kind of just stay locked in our house and 
Maybe we check in on Facebook and see what people are posting, but reach out to the people that are important to you, you know, FaceTime with them, give them a call, just check in on them. I would say, you know, on a weekly basis, maybe more frequently, because you really don't know what everyone's going through. I mean, I I recently learned that uh, an ex-boyfriend of a good friend of mine had, uh, he committed suicide a few days Mm -hmm. ago. He hung himself and he had been struggling for many, many years and I didn't know him well. So there I would not have been one that was reaching out, but I wish I had known, you know, that he had been struggling all these years. Maybe I could have, you know, done something to, to just kind of keep him motivated and help in any way that I could, I could. And so I think it's just important to make sure that you are reaching out to everyone. This is a tough time. There are a lot of people that really don't know what the, what the future holds. None of us know what's going to happen. Right. Right. And, and while a lot of people still have jobs and people are high, we don't know, you know, what, what's going to continue on. So any day someone's life can change. It can change in an instant. You never know who who's fine today, who may be struggling tomorrow. So I would just encourage everyone to make sure that you're out there and that you're checking on the people that matter, your teammates, your friends, your family, everyone. Just let them know that you care and that you're there for them. And that's one thing I really hope stays after we get past this COVID, that we not only begin to reach out to people if we're not doing it now, but that when this thing's over, I hope we don't lose that part because like you, I'm connecting a lot of people. My mom and dad, they live in Florida and my mom's got late onset Alzheimer's. She's a three-year-old trapped in a 76 year old body. And my dad doesn't want to put her in assisted living because then he can't see her anymore. And so he's really struggling with, uh, you know, caring for my mom. He's a full-time caregiver, but to my dad's credit, who's never been near any technology, I taught him how to use an iPhone. I live in Houston. He lives in Orlando or south of Orlando. And every Sunday, we do FaceTime. And I see my dad and I see my mom. And and my dad's really getting this technology, but I'm reaching out. I mean, we could text and we can call. But when you see the person, it's totally different. When you can actually yes. see him on video. And so I encourage people, if you can, do a FaceTime, do a you know Facebook Messenger video or WhatsApp video see the other person, let them see you because then it becomes more real than just hearing a voice on the phone. Yes, absolutely. And the other thing that I'll say is we can't control a lot of things that are going on around us. But something I talk about often is you can always control your mindset, your attitude and your actions. So don't get caught up in all that day-to-day stuff that you have no control over. And I find a lot of people that I work with, they, they remain fixated on those things. And it's like, no, we have to let that go. Focus on what you can control again, which is your mindset. So when you're going through a tough time, focus on those positives. What are you grateful for? What are you appreciative of? What do you have to be proud of? Right. And let those guide you. What actions can you take so that you can continue to move forward? Those are things you can control. And that's something that we talk about on my podcast quite a bit. A lot of athletes will talk about, you know, I focus on the next play. I can't worry about what happened. Yes. You know, last Last play, we're not going to win every single play on a football field. So you can't just harbor those, you know, negative feelings. You just got to let it go and focus on the next one. And the same is true in life. You have to just focus, pick yourself back up, focus on that next play, and also learn from every situation, the good and the bad. I had uh, Tim Jennings on my podcast a few weeks ago. Tim uh, won the Super Bowl with the Colts back in 2000. They won in 2007, but it was 2006 season. Um, against my bears, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but Tim Jennings, he's like, you know, I, I look at what, what can I learn from every play, the good and the bad, every good game wins or losses. It's about learning so that you can take that information and move forward. 
I once heard an announcer on TV said the best attribute of a quarterback or a wide receiver or basically any player is a short memory. So if, if a quarterback throws an interception, they got to forget about it because they yes. dwell on that. And then now they have to go back and call the next play and like, oh, man, I overthrew that ball. Or now they're it's going to affect the rest of the game. So they have to have a really short memory and go, OK, it's one play. Now I got to regroup and go forward. And I think a lot of people have take that same mentality and we have to have a short memory. So if your client calls up and says, look, I'm going to cancel my membership or my group coaching or whatever it is, you know, it's not really against you. It may be they don't have any money. Maybe they got an issue going on their family and just say, okay, you know, we'll cancel it. Here's your money back, whatever. I'm going to forget it and move on. But a lot of people, and I used to get caught up in this when I started my business, I would dwell, oh, why don't they like me? Is it something I said, something I didn't do? And what I, what they did is it, it, it caused me not to be as effective to my other clients. And I had to have a short memory say, okay, it doesn't matter the reason. Okay, they're they're no longer interested. Just like a quarterback through a pick. Okay, I have to have a short memory and go on to something new. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you, ha- you have to focus on the next thing. You can't get caught up in that quote unquote rejection, that cancellation, that yep. no. It's part of business. You can't take it personally as well. And so you just have to keep moving forward, no matter how many no's you get or how many people cancel <laughs> on you. Hopefully, not too many. But again, I mean, it's just part of it's part of life. It happens, and so you just got to let that go and focus on that next play. And I guess one other thing that I I would share. So I did this path to the draft series on my podcast back in March. And in that series, I had uh, 13 different NFL prospects on the show talking about uh, their journey. And I asked them some for some advice that they've gotten from coaches that have really stuck with them. And one gentleman, Kadarian Jones, Kadarian had said, he's like, one coach told him to always live by faith and not by sight. And really what, and he went on to explain what that means is don't get caught up in the day to day, right? Trust your process, trust what's going on, that it's going to work out. And so I think that's so important for people to hear today is whatever happens today, good or bad, that's great. If it's bad, that's okay. We're not going to have good days every day, but trust the process, right? And then live on faith, whatever your faith may be, live on faith. And I'm a Christian, but you know, some may listen, listening may not be. So whatever your faith is, have faith in the process and everything's going to work out in the end. So your website is powerandimpact.com. I love that. I mean, that's just... No one's going to go, huh, wonder what she does. Is she organic farming? Is she a travel agent? <laughs> You're all about power and impact. And uh, so was Move the Ball not available, or do you also have that domain as well? It's not available, oh, <laughs> unfortunately. What? I know. Don't they know who you are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I take that back. It's available for sale. Um, yes. Ridiculously amount, uh, so I didn't buy it. And, you know, I, when I was coming up with She's Got Game, um, our motto is alone, a woman has power together. We have impact. And so mm. I just thought power and impact was a great, and it was available. So yes. I thought, Oh, let's get that. You know, cause I have a name like Mark Strachewski, which most people, if you don't know me, you can't spell my name. So I went out and got Mr. Productivity.com, but I wanted to go get Mark.com and it's for sale. <laughs> I know what that means. It's probably like a million dollars. I'm like, I don't need it that bad. Okay. Now, maybe if I get to be like a Tony Robbins or Oprah Winfrey, I'll go out and buy it. Um, sure. but, uh, yeah. Um, it would be nice to tell people go to mark.com. It would go. Then I like to say, they'll say, is it with this? I like when people say, do you spell it with a C or, or a K? I'm like, I spell it M A R K. 
That was a joke. It does, I don't spell with a K or am I? So anyway, uh, bad joke. So go check out Jen's uh, website, powerandimpact.com. Jen, thank you so much for being on this LinkedIn Live, even though you had to sweat bullets and run through an airport to make a connection <laughs> flight, and uh, you have your kids in the house where they locked you out. Hopefully, they'll let you back in after you're done here. And you're in your car. Um, hopefully, it hasn't been too much of an inconvenience to you. You shared a lot of value with us, so thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Again, I wanted to do this in my home, in different settings, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate everyone watching and bearing with me in my, uh, again, disheveled state here in the car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, and I, I'll let you go back in with your kids. Thank you, Mark. And thanks, everyone, for listening. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.